0: That's heritageradionetwork.org/15 to donate and enter to win today, and make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Hello, this is Lisa Held, and you're listening to Behind the Label with American Humane, produced by Heritage Radio Network for Springer Mountain Farms. This is the sixth episode of a podcast series that dives into what the American Humane Certified label means and how Springer Mountain Farms, specifically, applies the label standard to raising healthy, happy chickens in the hills of the Blue Ridge Mountains. Today is our last episode, so it makes sense that back with me is my co-host, Dr. Robin Gansert, the president and CEO of American Humane. Robin, welcome back. Oh, thank you so much for having me back. I can't believe this time has gone by so quickly. I know, right? I mean, I, I think um, we've been recording throughout this pandemic and and time kind of feels a little different these days, you know, but, um, but you know, it's been great to have this series and, and, you know, we're going to be finishing it up and only have six episodes, but then those episodes will be available on all podcast platforms going forward. So people will be able to listen to them for, you know, whenever, whenever they want in the future. So it'll it'll live on beyond our recording.
2: That's wonderful. That's so
1: exciting. And the information
2: that we've shared and our conversations have really been both timely and timeless. So I think that
1: has been terrific. Yeah, I think we've tried to kind of balance that, right? You want to talk about what's going on right now, but we want to make sure it's still relevant for people in the future. So so I think um, in the first episode, we looked back at American Humane's 143 year history and the trail that the organization blazed for the cause of animal welfare over the course of its history. So, I thought that it makes sense for this final episode to look towards the future, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, one thing I wanted to talk about that I thought would be a good place to start is I think it's pretty clear that many consumers, maybe not all, but many, have become more interested in recent years in knowing where their food comes from, right? And, and there are a lot of reasons to care about where your food comes from. You know, Some people maybe are thinking about their health, some are thinking about environmental impacts, there's, there's a long list. But I wanted to hear from you, is there evidence that an increasing number of people care specifically about animal welfare on farms? And do you expect that that will grow in the future? Absolutely, I expect
2: that will grow. You know, every day we see articles in the media about food production, about health, about safety, about the food supply, uh, and certainly uh, what we see is foremost a concern is the treatment of animals. How are those animals uh, being raised? Are they indeed humanely treated? And I think that is one of the most important takeaways that I've seen, particularly in my tenure at American Humane, is that interest uh, from the general public has only increased dramatically in just a decade. And certainly, I just want to go back and point out that we began 143 years ago on issues related to animals on our nation's farms and ranches. Here we were in the year 2000, just 20 years ago, creating the world's very first farm animal certification program. And then 20 years beyond that into 2020, uh, this year that uh, we've seen so many headlines of of very differing um, situations impacting our world and our local communities, what I still see is a drumbeat, and that drumbeat is... How are animals raised on farms and ranches, and are they indeed humanely treated? So I think it's going to be something that even increases and grows, uh, and certainly uh, it's something that we have to applaud Springer Mountain Farms again for being one of our very first American Humane Certified and, uh, partners, uh, and we're really proud of that 20-year relationship with Springer Mountain Farms
1: yeah do you think also that people are more aware and will become more aware of the connections between those different um, factors that I just mentioned, for instance, you know if if animals are treated well on a farm, that generally means that the food is healthier, that the environment is being treated like they're, they all kind of all go together, and I think maybe people are kind of seeing this bigger picture as like these different factors are all connected now. Absolutely, so I think that's
2: uh, extremely important. I think the pandemic has brought around an interesting conversation uh, between people, animals, and the world we share. Mm. Uh, And I think there are tremendous, tremendous lessons that we can take away uh, about why farm animal welfare is important, not just for our country, but indeed a call to action is for around the entire world. We see that there's an intrinsic link uh, between the condition of animals uh, in food production to animals uh, uh, in our own backyards to us humans as animals. And the pandemic is a perfect example of that broken social contract.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So so more people are becoming aware of animal welfare. Um, as you said, it's kind of this drumbeat that has been getting louder and you expect that to continue. So what do you expect the impact will be on farms themselves and farm animal welfare of this kind of growing consumer awareness?
2: You know, there's been tremendous tremendous lessons from this pandemic that point to why farm animal welfare is important. And I think that's why we're having this tremendously valuable discussion today. In the wake of the coronavirus, it's really evident that biosecurity and animal welfare are indeed intrinsically linked. Uh, Caring for farm animals humanely basically means safer food for families. And truly, biosecurity, in a very broad sense, includes the health of animals. That's why some of our producers that sell products raised with no antibiotics will still give their animals medicine when they're sick. Now the product will be sold under a different label, but the bird will have lived a healthier life, and the product's going to be safer. We find that farmers at the top of their game of animal welfare are also at the top of their game on food security and biosecurity. And again, that's what the pandemic has taught, learned of, as shared with us, Been one of those valuable lessons learned. And again, we see it all as incredibly intrinsically linked. Biosecurity, food security,
1: animal welfare. For somebody who doesn't know a lot about uh, farm animal systems, can you just quickly talk a little bit about what what you mean by biosecurity? What is biosecurity on a farm? That's... uh, a great,
2: great point, and you know our scientists can take a deeper dive into what I'm going to say is a is a really um, uh, fundamental answer, and that is uh, about the safety uh, on the actual farm. So, biosecurity is the prevention of disease. Bottom line. So how do you make sure that there's no disease transmission uh, inside a a farm uh, from human to animals and animals to animals? So biosecurity is extremely, extremely important. And a lot of people, when we talk about farms, they say, oh, Big farms are, you know, are bad. Or small farms are bad. And those judgment words come out. And the bottom line is, it doesn't matter the size of a farm. What matters is the biosecurity measures to keep the animals safe from and from disease and safe from harm, and the humans as well. Uh, and again, that's our uh, a fundamental part of our social contract. American Humane, we look at biosecurity measures when we go on farms and ranches. Are those animals protected from disease and from pain and from and from physical harm? And all of that is very much tied to our audits that we've talked about in great detail.
1: Yeah, so you're saying that a farm like Springer Mountain Farms that's already meeting uh, American Humane certified farm animal certification standards, they're going to have healthier animals which is, you know, they're doing it for the, the animal welfare certification, but that in turn means that biosecurity is going, going to be easier to manage, essentially. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Okay. Because again, that's one of our fundamentals. An animal must be free from pain and right. free from disease as part of our five freedoms. And uh, clearly that is the very root of biosecurity. Right. And it has nothing to do with the size of a farm. That's really important.
1: Okay. So what are American Humane's goals over the next few decades in terms of advancing farm animal welfare? I love this question uh, because we
2: have uh, a lot of goals and objectives and And first and foremost, I want to say that, you know, there are billions of animals in food production in our country and even more around the world. And I have an audacious, bold vision that every animal uh, raised on farms and ranches uh, involved in food production, that they all deserve a humane life. And that humane life is verifiable through an independent third-party source like American Humane. Our standards are rigorous. They certainly Uh, uh, provide a, a seal of assurance for consumers that indeed those animals have been humanely raised. So as the humane movement continues to grow, and I think about the billions of animals that I want my organization to touch and other organizations as well, we want to improve the lives of all animals on farms and ranches, not just the ones that we see, not just the ones that are participating in our program. And for example, last year, I bet you didn't know. Well, you know this because we've been in this wonderful podcast (laughs) Uh, 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 friendship over the past uh, summer months. We've certified our first duck farm. Uh, I want to see all animals, uh, regardless of species and food production, raised in the best conditions. That also includes aquaculture. Those animals raised in fish farms, I want to make sure that they have a humane life too. So it's, it's all animals that are... Uh, are part of our food uh, systems I want to ensure they have a humane life and that's about nine billion um, in our country outside of aquaculture our nine to ten billion so we have a lot more to go and a lot more work to do and this I believe is a crucial call to action not just for our country which has led the way but indeed for the entire world.
1: So that's a pretty big goal for yes, every is. animal <laughs> to be raised humanely. Um, so so what are some of the uh, specific steps that you'll be taking to continue to expand American Humane's work? You know, we just recently released what we call
2: our New Deal, New Deal for Animals, People, and the World We Share, where we're calling on... Uh, policy makers uh, in uh, in our country to lead the world uh, to really promote uh, independent third-party uh, standards for animals on our farms and ranches. That's one point out of ten points that will help to improve our social contract with animals that we've talked about, particularly related to farm animals, but all animals indeed around the world. We propose this to US policymakers to set the standard for the world, but indeed it will be challenging other leaders, not just in North America, not just in Europe, but also in Asia, to really uplift uh, the care of animals. Because again, we know that this is uh, a fundamental tenet that we all share, and that is kindness and compassion for animals. So the New Deal is a serious thoughtful policy document that's available on American Humane's website, and again, one of the ten points that are a call to action to policymakers at the federal level and indeed for America to serve as the leader in the world to step up and challenge other governments to improve the condition of farm animals. And this, we know, can set the stage for improvements in a whole host of issues that our communities face, not just in the United States, but again around the world. Because we do judge the way a civilization is by the treatment of our voiceless, and in this case, Where we are a trailblazer is in the treatment of animals, and that's very important, and we take that heavy mantle of responsibility quite seriously. So I hope that our listeners will look at our new deal on AmericanHumane.org's website and be challenged to help uh, lead those conversations with policymakers, not only in the federal level, in our own backyard, at the state level, and again, let American Humane and our global humane arm continue to fight the good fight globally.
1: Yeah. And it it sounds like you're saying that uh, consumers have a role in in this uh, new deal as well. And what about a company like Springer Mountain Farms that has been, you know, American Humane certified since the beginning? Um, What kind of role does um, a company like Springer Mountain Farms and the individual farms, what kind of role do they have in kind of expanding this cause of animal welfare and getting other producers and companies to prioritize it in the future.
2: Springer Mountain Farms is really an innovator. uh, As we've talked about for 20 years, being a partner, one of our very first uh, farms certified under American Humane Certified. So we are just delighted and thrilled that Springer Mountain Farms is really carrying the banner for the humane movement among broilers. As many people follow in the footsteps of farmers like Springer Mountain Farms, we should applaud positive change and I love those two words, positive change, rather than condemning what still needs to be done. I know that when you applaud a positive behavior and you reinforce positive behavior, you get even more positive behavior to happen and that's what we believe at American Humane. American Humane doesn't just stand by and condone the inhumane treatment of animals, but we recognize that you win people over with carrots and not sticks. So we always serve to lead by example and by encouragement to move move producers, move farm systems to humane treatment, and importantly, the third-party independent verification of that humane treatment through our AHC initiatives. We want to, and I challenge our group every day, to put a spotlight on the producers who make the right decisions so that others are challenged to do and follow suit. I think that's Mm. exactly where we have our incredible recipe for success. We see tons of producers start small, they get a feel for how a new system operates, how it improves the bird's health and welfare, and then they take off with it and they run and they do more. Mm -hmm. So if a laying hen producer is switching from battery cages to a cage-free system, it's not just about the equipment, really, truly. It's about a transformation of management and a transformation of operations. And that is critical to be part of. We want to make sure those transitions are easily and smoothly done and executed as possible so that it's really a cultural shift. For that producer, it's a cultural shift to be more humane and thereby, I know, ensuring that those consumers uh, feel much better about making those food choices. And let's face it, we have a lot of choices in our country and so many consumers are looking to do the right thing and to make that humane choice.
1: Yeah, you mentioned battery cages and I think that's an, an interesting um example of something that has really changed over the last 20 years since um American Humane has been certifying farms because you know battery cages used to be very common in laying hen production in the US and now they're they're pretty rare like most most producers are moving away from using them And companies are sort of saying we're not going to buy from producers that are using those cages. So, so it's just one example of something that has really changed over the last two decades and, you know, how things look different today compared to 20 years ago for farm animals. So, that's an example of the past. I'm curious, what do you think um, 20 years from now, how will farms look different? Like, What will have changed in terms of how farms are operating with regards to animal welfare? Oh, I wish I had a crystal ball, but I, <laughs> and
0: I don't.
2: Uh, otherwise, I would, would make the right stock investment decisions and all those good things, right, for 20 years mm-hmm. from now. But I want to talk about the farm animals because what I do have is a vision, a vision uh, that things... Uh, will uh, be amazing 20 years from now for the benefit of the voiceless, the animals. I hope and I really believe in 20 years that new technologies uh, will be available that producers are using now to monitor animal welfare, that those will be standard place uh, mm. and even enhanced around the world. So not just what we see happening today, that uh, especially in our progressive and innovative farmers uh, and productions uh, such as Springer Mountain, that those will become standard for all farms and ranches, not just, again, in the U.S., but around the world. State-of-the-art technology is increasingly part of humane farm systems. Companies can now introduce new tech, such as sensors into barns, that can immediately trigger warning signs, like there's just too much ammonia. Farmers can then Immediately react to those problems. And as they track these trends over time, they can pinpoint activities and protocols that can cause issues like high levels of ammonia. So, what I like about all of that is that it's really uplifting um, systems and uplifting and allowing more immediate responses. uh, And farmers can start to track trends over time. They can, you know, really understand how to enhance protocols such as high levels of ammonia, not just about air quality, it's lighting, it's ventilation, it's feed, and seeing how all of these factors in a system interact with one another in the barn. And I think that's just more exciting to see technology being implemented and used in these wonderful ways as farming now is relying on technology and that technology is quickly changing and enhancing their roles. It takes years, several years at least, as we know to recoup the cost of investing in new technology. So I'm hoping that some of those prices fall uh, so that it can be an industry standard because once that technology price falls, it's gonna allow uh, us to see an improvement for the welfare of all animals on farms and ranches. Again, not just in America, not just in North America, but indeed around the world. So I'm hoping that these incredible technologies, these incredible warning systems, uh, signs, uh, sensors, things along those lines that allow farmers to be immediately responsive to the needs of their animals will become commonplace, and that can just uplift uh, their uh, animal care. I'm excited about the future for that, for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Technology is changing pretty much everything about how we live and what we do, right? So I guess it makes sense that it would um, be transforming um, agriculture as well and, and these farm animal welfare systems. So, Robin, we're about to wrap up. Um, is there anything that you wanted to say about the future that I didn't ask you before we sign off on this series?
2: Well, you know, I want to just say this, and I've been with American Humane now for a decade and certainly followed uh, our conversations on farms and ranches as a consumer, as a mom feeding a family uh, and wanting to make sure that good and safe and affordable and humanely raised animal protein was available for my children, for my family, for my family dinner table. I am so proud to be responsible for American Humane's program and initiatives in this area carrying on hundred and forty-three year legacy uh, that American Humane as a trailblazer has been for the voiceless and indeed for farm animals. I see an incredibly bright future for, for our nation's farms and ranches, and I see a challenge. And that challenge is to indeed not only to continue to innovate, to be humane on American farms and ranches, to ensure that all animals have a humane Uh, life but to serve as that example that shining example for the rest of the world because that's what we need to be so that all animals in food production regardless of what continent they're on are humanely raised and that is what I'm excited about because there's been so much innovation so many committed people in this fight so many innovators like Springer Mountain Farms that we can now take those lessons learned and transform uh, the state of the union for all of the world's farm animals that's exciting and we're there to be a partner to be an educator and to be uh, an incredible trailblazer for generations to come on these very important issues so thank you so much for allowing us to have this platform for allowing you to share these stories and a big shout out to our friends at springer mountain farms for doing
1: the right thing by their animals well thank you for joining me for this series and thank you all for listening to this final episode and for tuning in to the entire Behind the Label with American Humane series. For more information, visit com and americanhumane.org. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Food Radio, supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Just enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better,